0: Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Texans Unfiltered. Uh, we are blessed to be joined by Antonio Camardi. David, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to uh, talk with me today. I'm super excited to talk to you. I see a potential cornerback one. I uh, can move very well, Does can play man to man very well. I think that he is a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. He does things that are so amazing, and the competitor
1: in him is just special.
0: Um, I'm excited, man, and I I can't wait to get there. I think it does really fit my skill set. All right, guys, welcome to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am Young Ari Gold, and I am trying to get my green screen right. And uh, there we go. All right. Uh, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, John Wade, the Garnet Texan. And, John, we actually have a win. It's the second one of the week or the year. I wish it was of the week. That'd be awesome if it was second one of the week. Um, How are you feeling?
1: Well, I mean, we swept the Jaguars.
0: So. Big one.
1: You know, (laughs) but at least we did it. We didn't mess that up. We could have gone into Jacksonville and, I mean, half of our defense is out sick. And we could have screwed it up. We could have. And we didn't. So we got that going for us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh you know, it was a it wasn't a pretty game by any means. Um but it was a it was a win. Um you know, everybody got to celebrate JJ Watts um you know, 100 sacks. So that's great. Now uh we can trade him. So um that's no, honestly, I mean it, it was a win. Uh it, there's a lot to complain about in this. There's a lot to get to to a lot about Bradley Roby. Um you know, uh, uh, some of the rumors going around with uh with the uh, trade deadline, uh, things that weren't put out, and, and things of that nature. So, um, before we get into it all, uh, make sure you guys go follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Houston FB Pod. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Houston FB Pod Guy. You can follow John at John A Wade Three on Twitter. Don't forget to follow Texans underscore Thoughts. That's Jordan uh, at Patrick Storm TU, and of course JRL Sports TU as well. Uh, quick personal note: I recently got my real estate license. If you guys are looking for somebody to represent you in the, uh, in the house transaction, uh, please uh, let me know. I'd be more than happy to help you guys. Um, if you guys are listeners, let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll do some special for you guys as well. If you guys just want to send somebody my way, really appreciate it, trying to transition into a new career. Uh, so thank you so much. Um, all right, John, lots, lots to get into. Uh, and, and first, I guess, sorry for last week. Uh, I know we were going to do it Wednesday. We, we, because of the election and all this other stuff it was just one of those really weird weeks and i don't know if you guys would have wanted us on uh in general tuesday or wednesday uh neither john or i would have really been into the stream we both would have just been glued to cnn so um really appreciate it and we also just don't take a lot of time off so you know we took one week off in four years during the season i don't think it's that big of a deal but we're sorry that we weren't here for you guys Um, all right, let's get into, let's get into the mess. So Bradley Roby, uh, I think that's probably the biggest story that needs to be talked about. That isn't necessarily being talked about enough. Uh, John, what are your, what are your thoughts on Bradley Roby and what do you, what do you think happened?
1: I don't know. Uh, it's a little concerning. Um, it's something that the team is trying to keep hush hush as far as I can tell. Um, people that usually tell me stuff aren't telling me anything. Um, so i Guess they don't really want to air the sturdy laundry. Um, the only thing that I've kind of heard was Mike Adams was on a podcast, a, a small Mike podcast. Thomas. Mike Thomas. Right? I thought it was Mike Adams from last year.
0: Uh, I thought it was the Mike Adams. Yeah, retired. Oh, good.
1: So are we yeah. we what wait what? No, go ahead. Is there something else out there that I missed?
0: I don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Okay, so Mike Mike Adams was on a small podcast. Um, it's a Panthers podcast, and he was talking about the uh, culture last year with the secondary group. Um, that there was somebody that that really kind of killed the culture. He didn't. He was out for himself and didn't want to celebrate whenever any other player in the secondary made a big play. So that came out right around the same time. Is the only thing, maybe, maybe, and I and part of me doesn't even want to say that because I don't want to give air to a rumor. I mean, it's not really a rumor if it's coming from a player, but I don't want to make assumptions about a player currently on the roster without knowing for sure. But that's the only thing that I've heard.
0: Um, I heard that um, a veteran leader in the, um, in the secondary uh, felt that Roby gave up against Green Bay, uh, and there was a skirmish at practice, and he was disciplined. That's what I heard.
1: That makes sense.
0: Um, And I think based on some of the tweets that went out uh, from John McClain and Aaron Wilson uh, regarding uh, disciplinary reasons, I I have every uh, reason to believe that those uh, are true. Um, So if Roby did mail it in and a veteran leader stepped up and and called him out for it, uh, good for that veteran leader. Uh, Roby had his worst game against Devonte Adams and that was coming off of, you know, six games prior where he covered the number one and, and didn't have that kind of game. So, um, I didn't watch the all 22 of the green Bay game. I haven't watched a lot of all 22 of these games because well, they're hard to sit through on the broadcast, let alone rewatching again and trying to make clips for. So, um, that's what I heard. If that's the case, you know, good for the veteran leader, good for Romeo for setting the precedence. That's, didn't, that, okay.
1: Didn't Roby. Roby got hurt relatively early in the Green Bay game, though.
0: Yeah. So he didn't really get
1: hurt. Right. Wow. That's disappointing. Yeah. Because we were Roby so, fans, so.
0: I'm still a Roby fan. I mean, I think you know. I think these weeks, uh, you know, they run together. Um, you know, and after loss, after loss, after loss, I think you know, I think it's hard. at any time in life when you're hand, you're, you're just taking L's. I think it's very difficult to uh, to keep that positive momentum moving. Uh, anybody who's been down in life knows it's a lot easier to give up than it is to keep fighting. Um, so for me, you know, it, it is what it is. It sucks, but you know, whatever. And moving on to the next week, Roby's here for the next three years at least, so or two specifically with the contract that he could be cut by. But um, it kind of is what it is. But that was just something I heard. Um, all right, trade uh, deadline rumors. I heard that Philadelphia called about. You had to guess who did Philadelphia call about?
1: Uh Fuller. Nick Martin. Nick Martin? For real? We didn't
0: trade him? <laughs> and we didn't trade Somebody
1: him. offered us something of value because I think that Fulton no, would have
0: been a value.
1: Oh, damn.
0: Yeah. It was, it was a six-round pick. Oh,
1: I mean. Uh,
0: but you would have freed up his contract. You could have moved Fulton or Mance to center. Uh, could have put Max back at left. Kelamente right. There's a lot of uh, things. Um, so it would have been interesting to see.
1: <clears throat> yeah, because our the interior of our line needs to shake up. Um, whatever they are trying to do is definitely not working. And it's one of those things that, I mean, Nick Martin went from last year where we're like, okay, he's, he's turned the corner. He's going to become a consistent player to this year to what is a polite way to call him garbage? Because I don't want to call him garbage, but he's not been good this year. Nick Martin? And yeah.
0: Yeah, he's garbage.
1: <laughs> Granted, right. I think it – I mean, all – whomever they've had at guard, plus him, it doesn't matter who's playing guard, they've all underperformed this year. Like, it's here's, been bad.
0: Here, here's the problem So with the fact this. that
1: a six-round pick take his contract, I'm actually – I probably would have been, you know, I've been all right. No,
0: I agree. The problem I have with, uh, with with the line is the fact that we've seen them perform at a high level before. Um, and, and they just, it's, it's so inconsistent. And so, you know, sure. A player should know how to play. A player should step up and do, you know, what he needs to do. But at the end of the day, if the coach is not holding them accountable, you know, in making comments, like, you know, what do you say about Tunsil? Like, uh, I, i I wish he could teach me how to do it or something like that. Like, it's like, Jesus, you know, what, what confidence do those offensive linemen have in Mike Devlin? And it's, it's none. Because Mike Devlin is not very good at his job. He doesn't have a ton of experience doing his job. Um, but it's just I, I point at coaching when it comes to the offensive line. I don't think it's talent. Uh, you know, with Max, I, I think it's a little different. He didn't get he didn't gain the weight in his lower body that he needed to gain to be able to be stronger this year. Um, and that's that's on Max. So he has a season to correct it and he will. Uh, but everybody else, you know, outside of Tunsil, who's been stellar, um, and Titus, who's been Pretty damn good as well. Uh the rest of the line has been absolutely uh dumpster juice. I don't really well, think. No, this, can-
1: this is entirely on on the coaching staff. They tried to add layers to what they did last year when they didn't really need to. Like we've gone some games where we're running power. We've gone some games where we're running more zone stretch. We've run games where we've done a mix. And when we started to look a little bit better this year is when we were focusing on doing a lot of zone, a lot of a lot of zone blocking. And then the very next week, they're sitting there trying to pull guards, and and we're just asking these guys to do too much, and not consistently, and not asking them to play to their strengths. And you can see that, especially with the interior of the offensive line, like Titus Howard and Laramie Tunsell have just been—they're on another planet right now. They are both playing lights out, and same with, of course, Deshaun Watson. Like the three of them are playing great. So you would think that the center of the the interior of the line. Would be okay when your quarterback's playing well and your two tackles are playing well. All you have to do is stand there, essentially. Like you're not even if you're not getting a push, just stand there and not let your quarterback get ran over. And yet they can't do that.
0: Yeah, the offensive line's bad. Um, offensive line's really bad. Uh, all right, let's um, so let's move into the game. We're 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 probably not going to talk a ton about the game tonight. Uh, I, I mean, we're going to recap it. We'll talk about the goods and the bads like we would normally um but we want i want to do a segment on everything that we got wrong this offseason cuz we have to own it. Uh there was a lot that we got wrong and um I think it would make sense for us to at least recap those things since we are at the mid-season part uh of the season. So uh defense, you know, offense, I guess we'll start with good. Offense, Deshaun's dealing. Um he's in the zone no matter what people say. Uh he he's he's right there in every single category that you would want him to be in. Uh, he looks extremely comfortable. Um, I, I forgot Texans cap tweeted out uh, one of the data uh, sets that was out something about before Bill O'Brien was fired to after he was basically below average. And then now he's at the top of the chart uh, in every category that you would want him to be in. Um, Will Fuller, you know, gets hit. You know, where he when he needs to get hit. You know, a lot of people were, you know, skeptical of what was going on, uh, given the trade rumors of Will Fuller and things of that nature. But we didn't get deluxe nuts, as Romeo Cornell uh referenced, and uh and and great, great for him. Uh and you know, we didn't hit him really until the third quarter uh, got going and you know, Will took over. Brandon Cooks got involved early. Not a lot of Randall Cobb this game, not a lot of Duke. Um, but but the offense really was um it really was humming uh david johnson gets hurt um you know you don't want to see that happen to anybody especially a concussion um and especially somebody that you know but at the end of the day this was a blessing in disguise uh unfortunate disguise but unfortunate blessing but it was uh, duke johnson came in and immediately showed what cuts look like how to how to have vision on the line um he made he he, made, he he looked a lot better uh, than than what David has looked like. Uh, he also got a uh, he also got a lot of what David got though. Uh, tackled before uh, even being able to get to the line of scrimmage. You know there was three or four runs where he was there was three or four tacklers on him, uh, defenders on him, and um, you know uh, I think he at one point after I think it was fourteen carries he was at one point nine yards per per carry. So. You know not a not a great showing, but he's also not used to being the 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 back that you're expecting or that you know that what is it? I always forget that that um what is it they call the the main look? Cow. yeah, the bell cow that's it um but he looked good he looked good you could see the difference on film. you could see the difference from Duke to David
1: yeah, I mean, Duke. Looked better than David did because he's shedding. He was actually shedding blockers, and there's missed tackles. But he wasn't very productive. That's one of the that's one of the tough things about it. I mean, I think um, just fantasy points off the top of my head, he ended up with like 17, which is not bad. Um, he's was more productive, of course, in the passing game, and it's just one of those where I think this is kind of eye opening over the next this week and next week because it'll let us see how much blame should be really sent David Johnson's way. And my first thought with a lot of the things that they were doing with Duke is it's still a lot on the scheme. Like Duke looked better. He had more juice. He shifty. He was shedding tackles. He wasn't going down the first time somebody breathed on him. And yet he still had 2.6 yards per carry. And he was, he was, he was working his ass off for those 2.6 yards. And so, yeah, that didn't look great at all. And sometimes the play calling is just bad. I mean, he ran like one play where he just ran straight up right behind the guard, uh, the guard and um, Nick Martin. And I'm not even sure which guard it was. I think it was Quave at the time. And there was just nothing there. Nothing at all. Like, why was that power run even called when you're not getting any push? Just try and stretch it to the outside, especially with Duke. And we still don't do things to make our running it just easier on our running backs. Like we really should be trying to stretch the offensive line or stretch the line. Um, And we still don't. So yeah, I like Duke. I love Duke and the streak continues. If he gets more than eight touches, we win, but I still don't know how productive those touches are going to be.
0: Yeah, no, I I mean, I think the run game is what the run game is. I don't, I don't think it's going to be any different. You know, I'd like to see Scotty Phillips or Buddy Howell get some more carries, but I still don't think it's going to be much different with those two. Um, it, it, if you just look at the film, not just – I mean, I didn't watch the film this week, but, like, just in past games, there's just not a lot of running lanes. Um, the Both these running backs are not between the tackle runners. Um, they shouldn't be. Uh, Duke did better, but at the end of the day, neither one of them are Carlos Hyde or, um, you know, Alfred Blue. Um, so, you know – I don't know. I, I don't expect anything from this run game this year. That, that's going to have to be an area that is completely overhauled. We're going to need three new running backs and then we're going to need an offensive line coach that can come in and, and whip our guys into shape because the potential is there for the offensive line. I mean, it was one of the things that we talked about coming into the season that we'll have to talk about a little bit later, but we all felt that the offensive line was going to be a lot better. And a lot of that just had to do with the continuity and, and the chemistry being built with all five starters being back. And, um, that just wasn't the case. Um, Anything else on Deshaun just playing the best ball of his career?
1: Yeah, uh, it just sucks to be a Texans fan. We have a top-five quarterback, and yet we still can't win football games. Yeah. Like, just how how messed up is that? <laughs> like, this shouldn't be a pity party or anything like that, but I'm just – that's the most Houston thing ever. Deshaun Watson is everything we've ever hoped for in a quarterback. And we're actually going to prove that maybe a quarterback isn't the most important per- person in uh, football, because when you have a quarterback playing like a top five and you're still in this position, like that's just heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, no, it really is. I mean, Deshaun really is playing at just an all time high right now. I mean, he's, he's seeing the field better than he's ever seen it. Um, He's getting everybody involved. You know, he tried to get Jordan Aikens involved er, or really as much as he could. And Aikens just didn't look like he had his legs underneath him yet. Um, I expect that to be a little bit different this week, but Uh, Deshaun's just doing everything you would expect a top five quarterback to do. Um, and you know, it sucks. It sucks that it sucks to know that even with Deshaun, we still are in the position we're in. I think ultimately, I think that's what most fans should probably realize is that we have, we have Deshaun Watson at quarterback and we are two and six. That is just an abysmal, narrative that should not be around and it is
1: yeah it's again the it's one of the things that should also give us hope like if we get a competent coach and a competent coaching staff um, when you have a a quarterback like Deshaun you should be able to rebuild quickly like there shouldn't be this big tear down and rebuild rebuild process because you've got the most important piece and you can even argue having two solid tackles having Deshaun like right there, that's enough of a cornerstone for that a lot of franchises that are in a bad spot would would give anything for. However, it is heartbreaking that we have to suffer through this year, where we've got a healthy Deshaun, we've got a healthy Will Fuller, and I got, there's nothing wrong with our passing game. The reason we're not scoring in the, uh, the red zone is because we can't run the ball. And we're not even being creative in the ways we're trying to run the ball and take advantage of the pieces that we have. And- that's what's kind of frustrating, and then on top of that, Deshaun Watson is the most efficient running quarterback in the league right now, and he's also running less than he ever has out his entire career. Which may, you know, be part of the reason why he's as healthy as he's ever been. But that would actually, if he ran just a little bit more, there's a little bit more design runs that would actually take a little bit of stress off the offensive line and a little bit of stress off our running backs, because we also have the worst performing running backs that have ever been with what they call a mobile quarterback. Usually it's a cheat code when you have a mobile quarterback, because it opens up other lanes for the running back because the defense has to account for the quarterback as an extra runner. So it's always one-on-one football and we have that and we still can't run the ball.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think, uh, you know, Uh, Deshaun is just, I mean, amazing. Uh, I I saw a stat earlier. I think, uh, I think Rivers put it out. It was about the rushing attack. We've actually been 30% worse, uh, as a rushing offense since Bill O'Brien has been fired, believe it or not. Kind of crazy. Well, I mean, he
1: made sure that we ran it 20 times a game, regardless of anything. I mean, if anything, TK will at least give up on the rushing attack at some point
0: yeah no agreed all right the defense uh no Broby. uh secondary was just uh you know uh bad uh, in every facet uh opportunity to have uh, three interceptions tyrell adams missed one uh you know up, up, i'll let a middle linebacker miss one in, in the bread basket that's gonna happen uh your corner missing two in the bread basket mm, not okay Considering that they all suck, um, it really no other way to say it. Like all of our all of our secondary, outside of Justin and, Justin Reed and Lonnie, uh, who at times had uh, some some bad moments in the game, and Keon Crossin, I guess Keon Crosson came in and actually made some plays. Uh, looked like he had a little more effort than everybody else. But the secondary itself was just a, uh, a just a pure dumpster fire. Nobody was good. Nobody deserved to be on the field. I wish we would have saw even more John Reed. Um, it, it's insane when you think about, you know, having a guy like him and just not using him and letting him get reps is, and I get it, you know, they these, these coaches are trying to win games in their mind. That's, that's what they're, that's what they're here to do. They're trying to win and salvage whatever reputation they may have right now. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just don't understand how, you know, Tremon Williams, who was picked up today, I think by the Ravens. Uh, was available as a, a waiver wire pickup. You know, there's some other guys who are also available um, that should have been picked up and should be picked up still to this day. Uh, I, I just can't seem to understand or or fathom why you would roll this secondary out there, uh, considering you have mm-hmm. zero pass rush.
1: Dude, our secondary has just been one bad decision after another. For some odd reason, John Reed, who can tackle, and Keon Crossan, who can tackle, Aren't on the field when there's guys that can't cover and can't tackle out there. And I you know what? Maybe maybe they don't trust Keon Crosson's coverage abilities, but he can sure as hell tackle a lot better than Philip Gain can. I mean yeah. and I mean, I don't know if it's possible to do to cover any worse. I'm pretty sure I can go out there and get the exact same result. I mean Crosson and John Reed should get a lot more playing time. And for the life of me, I'm absolutely speechless. Why they can't? Um, Justin Reed finally looked closer to Justin Reed. Both him and um, Zach. Both him and Zach Cunningham came out of the bye week actually looking closer to the players we expected them to be, which is which is a huge huge help. But our 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 corners are just an absolute mess. Our second safety is an absolute mess. Um, I will give Lonnie Johnson credit. He may look lost out there. Sometimes probably because he was planning on playing corner all offseason when all of a sudden he's a safety. So understandably, yeah, he probably looks lost. And he's even the one play that everyone wants to pick out that he pushed back on, that that wasn't his responsibility. If he was an experienced safety, he still makes the play. It's not his responsibility, but it's just knowing, knowing those little things. And you can't blame that on him. He's never played safety in his his life. So you got to cut the guy a break. Like, I think that he has the physical talent to be a very good safety, but right now he's not there, but he can tackle. He
0: can tackle and he's he's a willing tackler too, which is what you're looking for in a safety. Look, Lonnie, you know, I I had a conversation with uh, uh, somebody else today on a pod and uh, we were talking about Lonnie and you know what we've done to Lonnie Johnson is just unfair um you know a guy spends you know most of his college career playing cornerback uh played his first rookie you know his rookie year here as a cornerback uh worked on all the things that you would want a cornerback to work on in the offseason you can say it was a scam with footwork king or you could say you know say whatever you want he was still working on areas of his game uh to come in and make an uh, make an improvement and develop into a better corner and uh, he got one snap at cornerback with all the injuries that we've had but yet we have michael thomas uh, who could have stepped into that role? Um, and and for me, that's really the biggest thing is like the disservice that's done to Lonnie Johnson. I don't think people understand what this does. And, and Lonnie's been a great sport. He's embraced it. He's 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 tweeted it out. He's talked about it in interviews. He's doing what the coaches asked him to do. But what the coaches asked them to do was put him in a and they basically asked him to be in a bad position and just learn on the fly. And that's just not how it works. And you know, a lot of people were throwing shade at Lonnie for uh lining up to the right on that dj shark touchdown well there were three wide receivers on the right side they were playing single high he's gonna shade over to the right side of of where all all the other receivers are you would think that you know one guy should be fine on the left side uh compared to what Lonnie was gonna have to deal with and uh, you know Lonnie should have drifted maybe a little bit earlier but those are things that come with time uh that's something that you learn as the as you continue down this journey of developing into a safety and I do think he's going to be a good safety. If the right coach comes in, he has everything you're looking for in his safety his size. He has skill he has speed. Uh, he's, he's a willing tackler. So <clears throat> I'm not really worried about Lonnie at safety. It's just more of this season. It's just kind of like an accumulation of everything else that's happened. Uh, and then you have Lonnie at safety and he's just learning on the fly. And anybody that's learned how to do any job on the fly, you're going to struggle. Imagine doing it while you're a professional athlete every Sunday and you're just asked to do something you've never done before. So um <clears throat> disappointment, sure, I understand, but that that disappointment should be all towards the coaches, not towards Lonnie Johnson,
1: yeah, I mean, he's going from playing man corner, that's what they wanted him to be a man corner to playing single high safety like that is complete his eyes are in completely different spots. He's not watching the receivers now now he has to watch the quarterback a lot more than he than he had like again, I get it, like I'm frustrated with how they've handled Lonnie Johnson, and if they're gonna treat him this way. Yeah, that is a wasted second round pick. However, I do think he still has ability to come through, and I I just don't put the blame on him.
0: Yeah, you can't. Um, The secondary, look, I don't even know what there is to talk about when it comes to these cornerbacks. Hargrave sucks. Philip Gaines sucks. Um, You know, they're just awful players. Uh, They they shouldn't be. You know, there's a guy in the chat that says, you know, he's a fourth corner. Uh, You know, he shouldn't cover Chark or Adams. Well, look, uh, when your time is called, you need to be able to step up and not get burnt. Dang, he was burnt and then thrown back in the toaster each time. Um, he, he He's just not a good corner. And you're right. It's not on him. But at the end of the day, like, bro, you, you were given the opportunity to step up. You've been playing corner your entire life. If you're not getting it now, uh, it's probably time to get your real estate license or something like that. So, um, no, I mean, yeah, no game talk- shouldn't
1: be out there. Like, Cro- we've said it already. I For the life of me, I can't understand why Cross or, or uh or John Reed are not. Like, at least they've shown to be willing tacklers, regardless of anything. And Reed played outside corner in college. I mean, he's undersized for it in the NFL, but be undersized, but at least being able to cover somebody's a lot better than being the right size and not being within 10 feet of
0: somebody. Yeah, I no, know. I agree 100%. Uh, Zach Cunningham had a great game. Justin Reed had a great game. Justin Reed and Zach both look re energized, but they look rejuvenated. Uh, it looked like they focused on some film. Uh, you know, Zach still had his uh, arm tackles that he really is is famous for. Now that he's getting paid so much, so I think that that's really what what has probably brought the attention to him. But he had a great, he had his best game of the season. I know he said that he didn't have his best game of the season, but that was his best game of the season, hands down. That's the Zach Cunningham we paid. That's the Zach Cunningham we expect to see for the rest of the season. Um, and, and Justin Reed is is you know I I, I mean he played great and, and he played a lot better than what he's played and, and he's really been hard on himself. He's really. Uh, talked about it a lot, how he needs to step up. And uh, it was nice to be able to see that those words translate, Uh, you know, outside of that, the defensive line was, you know, Tyrell Adams also played another great game. Um, You know, he's really becoming a player. It's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, what we do with Tyrell in the future, but um, he looks like he'd be a nice piece next to Zach Cunningham for the next couple of years. Um, Defensive line is the defensive line. Like there's just, they all are bad. They're all awful. All of them. Jonathan Grenard had some moments, and that was great. That was really. Grenard looked their... better than Scarlett.
1: I Which, mean, we could have easily all predicted that. I don't know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago,
0: seven weeks ago, seven I think weeks
1: was... ago, um... nine weeks ago. I think we even said it from the beginning of the season. Like My... Grenard was not great, but he was better than Scarlett. And our run defense, granted, we did get gashed, looked a little bit more disciplined, like steps forward. Oh yeah. 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 Def- definitely. sub seven. Like we're not going to sugarcoat it this yeah. week is going to be like on our defense. It's going to be bad, but
0: yeah. And, and, uh, if you guys are looking for a Browns preview, me and John just did a, um, a Browns, uh, podcast. So if you guys are looking to hear, um, what we were, um, what our thoughts are on the Browns game, make sure you guys go follow, uh, dogs of war podcast on YouTube, Uh, Really cool guys too. Really, really cool guys. So if you guys are looking for a good, interesting conversation, um, that was a good one. Tony Ayo, thank you so much for the um, congratulations on my real estate license. I appreciate it. All right. Um, Grenard was great. Grenard had... Grenard... uh, Not great. Let's not say great because really nobody on the defense was great. Um, But he he definitely showed that he belongs on the field opposite of Whitney. Potentially opposite of Jacob Martin if that happens. Um, But, you know, that's it. I mean, Ross got a lot of...
1: I'm just going to throw it out there. When we say he's better than Scarlett, he gets a D instead of an F. But for his first game with meaningful, meaningful snaps, go out there and get a D. It's barely passing, and he can improve on it. Granted, you know, that – how do you say it? Luton Luton? What? Uh, the uh, name of the quarterback on the Jaguars. Is it Luton?
0: I, we'll never say Luton?
1: I know, so I'm not going to worry about learning it. But, yeah, he did stiff arm. So there was that.
0: Yeah, there was. Uh, and he also put Michael Thomas in a spin cycle. Um, so there's that as well. Uh, Ross Blacklock, uh, you know, played some meaningful snaps. Look like he had, uh, looks like he's starting to develop, uh, why he is not just on the field a hundred percent of the snaps, uh, makes zero sense to me. I, I really don't care that the veteran year thing narrative was created. It's over now. Like there's no reason for us to have that conversation. Um, Ross should be on there at all times. There's no reason for him to not be on the field, develop, 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 and let's make sure that we have a guy to build around uh, next year. And I think that's really about it on the defense.
1: Yeah, I'm just, I'm in total agreement at this point, nobody's rookies anymore. The season's halfway done. Just let, let the younger guys play. I mean, we know Hargreaves doesn't come back next year. We know Philip Philip gain isn't coming back next year. like, just let them, let the young guys play. Um I don't know if Mark's coming back next year or not, but Scarlett might, because Scarlett can, for some reason he can tackle people on special teams, but on defense he can't, which escapes me. So who knows, but at this point, let Grenard play. Ross Blacklock needs to be out there every single snap. Again, it's the same, same thing with, with Blacklock as it was with Grenard. He wasn't great. He wasn't even good. But he showed potential. I mean, he showed something. And again, first game with meaningful snaps. Let him get more snaps. It's the only way he's going to get better.
0: Yeah, I I would say that Charles Ross uh, should both be getting 100% of the snaps. Those are your two guys that you know are going to be here next year that need to develop more. Uh, Charles has been a disappointment so far. Um, And I I just, I don't know. I, I don't see why the young guys aren't playing. It makes no sense. We're we're at the point of the season now where sure you go eight and eight and maybe you make the playoffs if you if they add that additional team to the to the uh to the NFL playoffs. But I mean, outside of that, you really have a long shot. Charles Aminhu's been a disappointment this year. Uh I, I expected him to really come on this year. I thought this was gonna be the year where we started to feel pretty good about another guy on the D line. Um, you know, he's had moments where he's been good, but there's been a lack of consistency when it comes to Charles Aminhu. And, uh, you know, I, I really think he needs to, to just spend some more time on the film in the film room and understanding his gap disciplines and things of that nature uh, needs to get stronger, too. He just doesn't look very strong out there. Um, and so he's not able to get off blocks as fast as you would like. Um, those long arms don't seem to be helping him in any way. And uh, he's been a disappointment. He, he's been a complete disappointment. Uh, all right. Let's get to let's get to the episode, the segment where we got it all wrong. There's a lot to get wrong. I guess we'll start with David Johnson. I I got it all wrong. I got it. all. I thought it was optimistic. I believe that there was a chance that maybe he could have at least been uh, average or above average. He has not, he has not been, he's been bad this year. Um, I I will say this though. I will say that the running lanes are not there. The offensive scheme does not fit his play style. Um, And he's, he's been extremely bad, but at the end of the day, he also goes down on first contact. He's not able to cut the way you would like. Duke showed us what cutting looks like. I was wrong about David Johnson, and I own that. John, what were you wrong about this offseason?
1: I was also wrong about both David and Duke Johnson. Um, I thought that we were going to get the running backs involved in the passing game. Like You look at the personnel that we're going to bring in. You look at what Deshaun is capable of doing. You look at what um, even you know the so-called bill o'brien offense that's based on the patriots what did they do they fed their running back short passes and i thought that was going to happen and both of them are on pace to have their worth worst receiving years ever so naturally when you get two receiving backs and yet you refuse to throw the ball to them uh naturally good things do not happen
0: yeah no uh also real quick i'm going to be at twin peaks on sunday uh, meeting a bunch of listeners if you guys want to come i'm going to 59 and Kirby, Twin Peaks. Um, so, yeah, Swan's coming. J- Jules is coming. Andrew's coming. Sam's coming. Uh, there's a lot of y'all. I got to reach out to a couple other people. Uh, level dreaded. Don't forget Twin Peaks on uh, Kirby on Sunday. So um, I was wrong about the offensive line. I was wrong about the offensive line. We were Everybody was wrong about the offensive line. Um, offensive line should have been better this year. Offensive line should have been a lot better this year. Ah, uh, they should have taken a step forward as a unit, and the interior of the line has taken a complete step backwards. It's, um, I don't even—I mean, it's coaching. We talked about it early on. I don't want to spend too much about it, but I was wrong about the offensive line. John, what were you wrong about? What else were you wrong about?
1: Um, just to kind of piggyback on your thing. I will not be in Houston. My family is starting our quarantine because our baby is due in three weeks. Nice. So. I may miss a week or two coming up here shortly. That's why. That would be good news. That means baby's here. Um, so exciting, exciting. Um, what I was wrong about was cornerback depth. Um, I did not think that we would have a great cornerback, but I thought cornerback um, quarterback room, but I thought we would have at least an average with depth. And Connolly gets hurt. Port, I mean, that w- that was big. Because Gary and Conley and Bradley Roby both out there, that makes a big, big difference. But him getting hurt, I didn't realize would be the one domino that makes it all fall. Then the second domino is they decide Lonnie Johnson's not a corner. Who would have thought? We were sitting there wondering if he's gonna come in and start. I mean, we had the pleasure of talking with the football work king, James did specifically, and James was really high on it. Said that he we talked to Lonnie himself, and he had really focused on his footwork, really focused on getting his hips, um, getting his r- hips right. I mean, he's a bigger corner, so that was a struggle. And he was excited to play corner. One snap, now he's a safety. It's like, oh, well, there's two dominoes, so all the half the depth on our cornerback are gone, and for whatever reason, we also refused to play our rookie who, yeah, he was undersized, but he, I was really excited about John Reed. Like if you go look at his tape at at Penn State, like he he looks like he's a kid that can actually play, but they're not going to let him play. So, and then you got Keon Crossan, who part of the reason that we brought him over from, the, we actually traded a six round pick for him is he, yeah, he was a special teams guy, excellent tackler, but had upside as a corner and we don't let him play instead we are essentially relying on Hargreaves who looks horrible and Philip Gain who has been probably the worst starting corner in the league because yeah he has started and yeah i i i, did, I don't understand but i was definitely wrong because i didn't think that was the path we would go down
0: yeah i was wrong about the secondary as well i i thought i didn't know how bad conley's injury was or else i would have had some concerns um but i i You know, I do still stand by if Conley and Roby were playing corner, that the secondary would be a lot better. Um, You guys all know how I feel about Conley. I'm hoping that Conley is back now on a much cheaper deal next year, but it's all going to be dependent on what this coaching staff and defensive coordinator does from a schematic purpose. Uh, Where else was I wrong? I was wrong on being optimistic about this team. I thought they could be 9-7, and and 10-6. I thought we'd win the AFC South. Uh, a lot of it had to do with just the talent on offense. I, I still am. I, I still feel I am right about the wide receivers and the weapons around Deshaun. I think a lot of it that isn't working or wasn't working is more schematics and play calling than anything else. I, I do think that uh, there are weapons, and I do think that we have the right weapons surrounding Deshaun Watson. I just don't think that it, it, it worked early enough for it to matter. But I was wrong. I thought we'd win the AFC South and uh, we didn't. And the Colts are going to. John, what else were you wrong on?
1: <laughs> Just being optimistic on the team in general. There was a lot of warning signs out there. Um, Coming into the season with a rookie play caller on offense and a rookie defensive coordinator. And yet we thought that there was talent to kind of overcome it. We had probably the most stability from year to year that the Texans ever have. And we thought that that stability was going to kind of carry through. It's like, okay, we've got these guys that are new to their positions, but the team in general knows what should know what they're doing. Instead, our team looks like it's suffering from a lack of coaching. And this wasn't at one point. I mean, you've got Tater Smith, um, the QB coach guru I don't even think he's even the QB coach anymore and Bill O'Brien were our two most experienced coaches cuz Rack is doing the was doing the part-time head coach. So guys actually on the field and Bill O'Brien's now gone. And he just tried to build this coaching staff out of youth and these guys weren't ready. And you can definitely tell because our team is definitely suffering from from a lack of good coaching
0: yeah I would agree uh what else did I get wrong? There was one more I got wrong oh, I said that the defense after the bye week would uh would be clicking. I said that they would be um they would be they would be fine they would be at least average to uh, you know, maybe a little below average, and uh, I was totally wrong. They're, they're worse off than what they were. Um, and, yeah, I, I was just wrong. That defense is bad. It's going to be bad the rest of the season. But we are not losing because Hopkins is in here, just FYI. But I think we would have blown up a lot sooner if Hopkins was still here, to be honest with you. John, anything else you were wrong about?
1: No, I I mean,
0: I think we've just
1: about covered it. I mean, at this point, we were were wrong about a lot. And that's a combination of a lot of things that, like with the offensive line, did we really expect all three of our interior offensive linemen to have the worst seasons of their career at the same time? No. Like, how does that happen that quickly? But it does. Did we, with the corners, did we really expect our coaching staff to, build what it looked like to be a little bit of depth there and then just forget it. Like we knew safety was going to be an issue. There was never any hesitation that safety was going to be an issue. And yeah, of course safety is an issue. Like we told you that all summer, but we thought it would be okay. But once we had our two keystone players on our defense, which is Zach Cunningham and Justin Reed also playing below average. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well then at that point there's nothing you can do. Like the middle of the defense it's playing below average. You already have holes, and now you don't have anybody that can play corner. Yeah, it's it's all crap. I mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's bad. All right. Um, let's get to, before Jordan gets here, um, where are you at with your head coaching search? I know we differ, so where, where who's well, your top candidate right now?
1: Right now, it's still uh, Robert Sala. Bring him in. Bring somebody from the Shanahan. Yeah, After bring somebody from the. Uh, yeah, what they've had to do with um, all the injuries on the Niners, and then get somebody from the Shanahan coaching tree on offense. Like that's the thing that I want the most. Like the zone blocking, mobile pop- pocket. Like I think that, I think the Sean will absolutely kill absolutely killing that. Like, I think that if, I think that if 49, if uh, the, the rumors were the 49ers were actually going to try and get Deshaun and that, that, that would have made a dynasty out there. Like Shanahan's offense with Deshaun Watson would just be unstoppable in my opinion. So if we can get some sort of that same offense and I like Salah's, like, I actually, I like him. Like if you just listen to him speak and how he deals with the media and things like that, I think he'd be a welcome breath of fresh air here. Um, I also do like Eberflus. What he did in Indianapolis with no talent whatsoever is actually very, very impressive. Um, But yeah, those are, those are essentially my two guys.
0: Interesting. Let's see. I want to look at um, the 49ers schedule since we have some time before Jordan comes for question and answers. So they gave up. Everybody talked about how they gave up uh, 43 to the dolphins. And that wasn't really concerning to me. I mean, it is, it's, it sucks, but it was more the fact that they gave up 25 to the Eagles and lost because the Eagles only threw to Greg Ward jr. Cause they have nobody else on their team. But then you look, they give up 37 to the Seahawks, 34 to the Packers, 43 to the dolphins, 25 to the Eagles. Uh, 24 to the Cardinals in the opening game when everybody was healthy. I, I, I don't know, man. I just, you know, did you uh, hear the Mina Kimes uh, podcast where he was almost fired in the offseason because of his performance on defense? I did not hear that. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. Don't, I, don't know. I mean,
1: it's just what they put together with all the injuries that they always have um, or they've had this year. Um, and Part of it, though, is its personality. Like, if you look at Brable, Brable should have never been a, a head coach after the performance of his defense here. But if you get a guy that is more... I think Salah would be more of a CEO type coach. Actually bring in guys and let them do what they're supposed to. That's just the impression that I've gotten from hearing him speak. Like, that's the biggest thing. I don't think that he would come here and try and run the defense. If he came in here and he was trying to run the defense, I'd have more hesitation but just based on how he speaks and how people react to them, I don't think that 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 would happen. So I think that's why I'm leaning towards him. Um, However, I have rights to change my mind whenever I want. And especially because there's warts on every single, every single candidate out there. Like you can go out there and you can pick out bad games. You can pick out like, why'd they do this? Or why'd they do that? Or things in their history. Like there's not a perfect candidate, but there's a lot of very interesting ones. And to me, I, Honestly, I just want that Shanahan offense. Like, And of the guys that I think would bring that offense, I think Robert Sala would would be the best out of that group.
0: Uh, Angus, I would rather have Iberflus over um, Sala or Sala or yeah. Sala, whatever his name is. Um, Garrick Jones for GM. Yeah, uh, no. Um, look, all, I, I had an interaction with him today. Garrick is a great guy. He, um, you know, he's very, very, um, he's very fiery and passionate. And I appreciate the hustle that it takes to try to build a campaign as a normal human being to be general manager of the Houston Texans. But I'll ask you guys, like I asked him, what makes him more qualified than Ozzie Newsom, Horowitz? Dodds, or any other general manager that has constructed an offense, or I mean, a a roster. On top of that, this team is not in a position to sit and watch and wait while a GM learns how to do his job. We don't have time for mistakes. We can't do, we can't handle mistakes. If you want this to be a quick turnaround, you need somebody to come in that can maximize the roster talent add to it in the areas that is needed and turn it around a lot quicker. Nothing against Garrick. Good dude. And he knows it. I meant no disrespect in any way. I appreciate the fact that he is clamoring and fighting for a position that he would like to have. That is what America is about. That's what we're about. I am all for it. And I'm not trying to shit on his dreams in any way. Uh, But this city, look, I'll tell you right now, if you're this fan base, was bad during Bill O'Brien how do you think that they are going to feel when you hire somebody who has no experience might as well just let Jack Easterby be the the general manager there's no difference right no football no football experience like he was a player I get it I you know I played too you know well, tons of people have played that means nothing you know I've probably scouted more than he has um, so at the end of the day um, I, I'm not trying to be rude or disrespectful to Garrick I understand but um, no, not at all. There's no reason for it. It's a it's a pipe dream. I'm glad he's getting all these interviews. That's great. I wish some of them would ask him a real tough questions instead of these layups on what you would do and things of that nature. I want to know why he thinks he should get a job over Dobbs. I want to know why he thinks that how he has no contract negotiation experience, no scouting experience, no roster building experience, no front office management experience, no trade negotiation experiment, no chemistry experience. Like he, he, those are all the things that we need. It just makes no sense. Look, I'm sorry. Great dude, but I'm good.
1: You know, I hope he gets a job in somebody's front office, but yeah. he's not ready I, to be a GM. And you right. forget that with being a GM. That's only half of it. Uh, the football side is only half of it. The other half is actually putting the organization together. So I don't, think that he's – I mean, he needs to be a part of a football organization before he can be GM. And, like, it's a great story, and I hope it works out. And I would – hey, if he goes somewhere else and he and he does a great job and gets a chance, like, that's awesome.
0: If he goes – And here, more power, too. On, like, in some, some form or fashion, player development or, you know, whatever. Great. I agree with you, John. I agree.
1: But he just needs to get the experience first, in my opinion. But what do I know? We just we're just on a podcast. All right, I'm gonna bring uh Jordan on.
2: How you guys doing today?
0: Hey there, little guy. <laughs> uh Pat, yeah. You like, you like my group life watch uh, a little hater. Um anyways. Hi Jordan. How you doing? Good dude. Good to see you. Uh t-
2: take us through some questions all right questions today we got one from a valued patreon member air joe and he says can you predict next week and next year's offensive line after the appearance of brett quavale out of nowhere um john i want to start with you. What, do you what do you think about the o-line
1: Why are you giving me this one? I have no (laughs) idea. I know the interior of the offensive line is crap. (laughs) What else can I say? Um, At this point, like I I hope Quave gets more snaps. I mean, he didn't look any worse than the rest of them. So, I mean, we've we've got issues. And maybe they will try and shuffle things around. Maybe move Fulton to center for a little bit. I don't know. Try something else because what they're doing right now is not working.
2: Yeah, I think Kelmente, I don't think his injury was too serious. So I would expect him to be back out there concussion. at left guard next week. Oh, it was a concussion. Oh, never mind then. They're probably depending on how serious it is. He could be out. Um, so yeah, Quavale could take over for the rest of the season, but I, I don't see him starting. Like they asked about um, next season, predicting it, and you know we gotta hope that Sharping can get back to the level play we saw in his rookie season because that was a big reason for kind of the optimism we had on the O line this year. We all knew Tunsil was going to be great. We expected Titus to be great. And we expected Sharping to be great. And his loss is kind of huge. Um, So I would hope that he comes back in at left guard for next season. And I would also hope that Zach Fulton never sees this energy stadium whatsoever. Never again. Maybe as a fan, sure, but not as a player. Um, I hope the new GM also sees that.
0: The only time Vernon Hargraves is a lockdown cornerback is when he's a lock screen on a computer. Oh, get it? Because <laughs> he fucking sucks.
2: He sucks. I thought he looked <laughs> real goofy in this picture. That's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, man. Uh, dad jokes come <laughs> later on in life. <laughs> I thought you hated <laughs> I do, but that was just too good. If
1: you're anti-corny. All right, Jordan, go ahead. Would have, if I had said that joke, you would have bitched at me for the next two weeks. I probably would have laughed at you for a little bit.
2: Uh all righty. Next question from from our very own Paul Hamlin. Um, great oh. intern here at TU. Thank you for all the work you do. He asks, where does AJ Moore fit into the safety group when he does return from IR? So he should be back soon. Um Right now, we haven't been playing as much dime personnel as we were earlier in the season, which is where we were seeing A.J. Moore's at third safety. So where do you think James Moore can um, play a role for the defense?
0: I mean, I like A.J. Moore. I think he could play in the box. I think he could play single high. Um, you know, we saw a lot of him early on in the season before he got hurt. Uh, you know, the, the chemistry wasn't really built at the time. It doesn't look like it's built now either. But at the same time... Um, you know, I, I doubt he'll get a ton of snaps. It looks like Lonnie and Justin are kind of the future of safeties, and uh, I, I don't see AJ Moore getting a shot. But um, I love AJ Moore. You know, I, I, I said it last year that he was going to make the team, and nobody believed me, and he did. He's got a ton of potential. It's just you need the right coach to be able to get it out of him. And you know, maybe the coaching staff makes the decision to put Lonnie back at corner next year. I think it'd be terrible for his development if that's the case. But um, let, him, let him just ride out safety. But if if so maybe maybe AJ Moore has an opportunity next year.
2: Yeah, I think as of right now he's just going to take Michael Thomas's snaps. I think Thomas has been averaging around like 10-15% of the snaps, so so nothing really. Um, but I guess he'll make his usual contribution on the special teams and that's where we'll see his name the most. All right, next one from Martin Meriquin, he says, "If you had to pick one, would you prior- prioritize adding better coverage guys in the secondary or improving the defensive line um, slash edge rushers?" John, what are your thoughts on kind of that
1: philosophy? <laughs> oh man, uh, so both is not a is not a, <laughs> an option. I guess the secondary. Um, if we get better coverage guys, the maybe we can get some coverage sacks. Maybe, um, but at this point. Even if we improve our secondary, like, t- dude, that's it, so bad right now that it's not that hard. It shouldn't be that hard to improve it. So it's almost like, so we go from 32 to 28. So that's technically improving it, but it's not really going to solve anything. Um, we need Roby to get whatever's going on fixed. Um, we got to hope and pray that Gary Connolly, the issue that he's having, gets resolved um, with his injury. That. Would That would be huge because I think that if we got back to having two okay corners, other pieces can kind of fall into place. But right now you have an okay to a slightly above okay corner and then trash. And I don't, I think the corner is easier to improve. So focus on that first and then defensive line. I mean, there's some pieces on the defensive line. Like, I mean, we still got the goat. Um, we still, JJ is really? still healthy. Like, I mean, there's potential there for things to happen, but our secondary is just so bad.
2: Yeah. I think from my point of view, I kind of prioritize when, when building a roster, I kind of prioritize the trenches on both sides of the ball. And so I, I get where you're coming from. I think just for me, a pass rush helps out. A secondary more than a secondary helps out a pass rush, and they do work hand in hand, but it's it, it, not just how I, I view the game. Um, so I think I don't definitely definitely getting with that. help I'm on the saying
1: edges. that the uh the defensive mm. line would take more. Like it's not dropping in one player, where on the secondary, if you drop in one player, it's things would get better. On the defensive line, you mm. need to replace at least three people, or at least give snaps to three people.
2: And I think that's why. I would prioritize it because there is more work to be done there. Like you said, I I believe in Roby. I think he's still going to be a strong corner on this team. And we technically we have colony right now and he could want to resign with us. And so there you go. There's your starting two corners. And we got John Reed who's developing as a nickel. Hopefully he can be in contention to start there next season. So I think, you, there's already some bodies there we, we aren't seeing them because of the injuries we're we're stuck with recency bias with Hargraves with um gains and so it looked real ugly there um but I think there's gonna be a lot of turnover in the on the defensive line this off season and so I, I think that's where I would prioritize it but I see where you come from all right next one from at rap sheet he says how likely are they winning these next three games and if they do what's the impact on the team i think they could i think they could seeing as they have the better quarterback but it comes down to the offensive line and the defense producing enough stops so james how how are your thoughts and feelings on these next three games and what does it mean if we do get the dub
0: is it browns colts pats
2: i think it's Browns, pats colts but yeah
0: Browns, pats colts okay um, I think we can beat the Browns um, I, I really do I, I know that their rushing attack is just dynamic And, and all that good stuff But I, I do think that we can score faster than they can um, And Baker is prone to turn the ball over And uh, I, I do think that that will happen Even within the worst secondary in NFL history um, So um, I, I think that we can beat the Browns I think we can beat the Pats uh, I don't think the Pats are very good the uh, Jets had their first, like, double-digit lead of, like, two seasons or something like that. So um, I think we can beat the Pats. I don't think we can beat the Colts. I think, is, um, I think that defense is something else, to be honest with you, and I think they're just going to get better. Yep. Uh, I, the, the two losses I have for sure are the two games against the Colts.
2: Definitely. All right, so I guess you talked about kind of what our chances are, um, and then the other part of the question I think was, like, what does it mean for the team if we do win these three games? And I think, obviously, like, I guess the playoffs are still, there's still a shot if we do win these next three games. Um, we'll We be get the Lions at, before the Colts, by the way. Oh, uh, Lions.
1: Okay. Oh, then, That's yeah, we just, game. So, we it's win- very realistic for us to win the next three games.
2: And then okay. we'll be sitting at five and six. And the AFC is the tougher conference this year, so it's still going to be tough to make it into that eighth spot. Um, but the playoff hopes are still alive if we do we have to run the table basically Um, but winning those three is definitely the start and it can basically what it'll do for like the team like culture is it's just going to keep that winning culture like no one wants the players don't want to have to quit on the season they still want to win games you don't want to go into work every day and be upset to be there and be losing you know what i mean so it's gonna it's gonna keep the morale up all right, next question from our friend Cody Johnson. He says, is the coach or GM higher or more important? Also, your favorite GM con- at Dodds. John, what do you think? What's What are you going with first? You got to hire the GM or the coach?
1: I think it has to be the right GM. Um, I think that that really was kind of put out there by the whole situation with Bill O'Brien. And – if you have the right coach that's established gms become more expendable but right now i think that they're going to have to come in and essentially rebuild like that entire front office like this isn't a front office that's just moving along like we have the character coach as our acting gm like our front office is absolutely decimated like it needs to be rebuilt so you need a gm to come in and do all that getting our scouting departments up to speed and and corrected get our um our player personnel corrected and then that way you can bring and our contracts guys corrected um definitely after some of these contracts that have been doled out and then the coach can come in now if it's the right coach in four years the gm can be replaced whatever but if it's not the but right now considering where we're at i think it starts with the gm because we need to get our personnel right. And it doesn't matter who the coach is. If we can't get our right person, our personnel, right.
2: Absolutely. I think you said it perfectly. Like you're even seeing the, um, um what, what am I saying? Like Robert Sala. like everyone loves him as a defensive coordinator, but he can only do so much with all the injuries that the 49ers have accumulated this season. And so Talent will still, at the end of the day, win out. It doesn't matter how good of a coach, a coordinator you have. You still got to have the talent on the field. And so I'm with you all the way. I think GM got to be first so that he he gets all of his guys so that they're all on the same page, all have the same identity. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely with you there. All right, next question from Grayson Holmberg. He says, will Keon Cross and play more, or is Hargrave still the guy? What are your thoughts on Cross and James
0: um you know i liked the effort um that i saw from him in the in the minimal snaps he played um the whole the whole thing with him is he can't be worse yep that's the position we find ourselves in he can't be worse so roll him out there at the end of the day there's no reason not to um you know, he's been well, he was on the roster last year too, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and he never really got many snaps. And when he did, he, he he actually made some plays last year. So um I'd rather see Crossan out there than Gaines. I think Gaines should be cut. Uh I, I think he might be literally the worst cornerback to ever play or line up in a Texans jersey in the history of the Houston Texans. Saying a lot. We've had a lot of bad ones
2: there's a good like hall of fame you can make of it. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, yeah. So my thoughts on crossing, like I thought he tackled better than Hargraves did. And then Gaines did. Um. And then, then I remembered that last touchdown that the the quarterback ran it in and, and he hit him with a spin move He hit crossing with it. And that, that broke my heart. Cause so I like crossing. I like the fire that he plays with energy. Like you said, Um. I, I think Hargraves, as long as his injury isn't too major, I think he'll still be the guy that's, clearly who they trust for whatever the reason um but we shall see i'd like to see john reed get a try maybe not on the outside i think they're trying to keep him in the nickel right now just so that he's not doing too much um and that's where i have eric murray so i I get why they're kind of not playing him but give the kid a shot might as well all right um we'll get two more and then we'll get out of here from gunter sports he says would you put a claim on tack mckinley i don't know if you guys talked about this yet but he's a low-risk, high-reward kind of guy. Uh, John, Tack McKinley, what are we doing?
1: Yeah, I think it was just a bad situation for him. I mean, at this point, we definitely could use some talent. We got to take some – I think we do have to take some of those high-risk guys. I mean, yeah, he's high-risk, but or, but he has a high ceiling. So, yeah, he may come in. He may be – he's already – he was a clubhouse cancer in Atlanta. Maybe needs a fresh um, – just a – a change of scenery Uh, rack players always seem to love Romeo. So maybe he could reach him because the guy showed talent his first two years and then he just fell off a cliff. And lots of times that's situation. And yeah, well, I mean, if you read his Twitter, he seems like he is um, Tony. He seems like he is an ass, but you know, sometimes that can be fixed. Uh, Sometimes that's just a guy being super competitive and super frustrated. And who knows what was going on in Atlanta. They're not exactly doing great. Um, They just fired their head coach in front office as well. So Um, yeah, he's one of those guys that I think that, yeah, it is a risk, but it's a risk worth taking because I mean, we need talent.
2: Yeah. He's the exact type of player that we need to go after. Um, I think to talk to a lot of people like to say that he's like a diva. If you talk to a lot of Falcons fans and I think maybe diva is not the right word, but he's a very emotional person. And if you search up his, um, his interview, when he first got drafted on draft night, like he is he is screaming. He is so hyped up. He's so excited. He's, he's talking about all his inspirations, everything. Like he's clearly an emotional dude. And I don't think Atlanta was the right place to kind of coach him up and kind of hone those emotions and, and get them really out on the field on a consistent basis. Um, and we don't know if the Texans are either. That's the problem. When have we ever shown the ability to kind of take in a guy like that and kind of get him controlled and, and playing well in the field, right? We don't know because we've never taken a shot on those types of guys. So hopefully with this kind of transition period into a new um, era, they do take a shot at him because like John said, he's a very talented guy.
0: Real quick, Jordan. Um, I think also (laughs) a part that people are overlooking with Tack is the fact that he's also under contract next year. Um, And I think a year after that, possibly, I think his fifth year option is the year after that. Um, You're talking about a team decimated with no draft capital to address an issue of need. And providing a first round talent to a new GM and head coach who lacks a first round draft pick and a second round draft pick next year. So if you're looking at a player that you could potentially bring in that could possibly develop, and even if it is only two years, um, it's worth the risk to set up the next regime for success, potential success if you can bottle up that emotion and develop him and get him to be the player that he should have been. Cause coming out of college, he was a stud and uh, you know, I think when you look at what the situation, this team is in, it makes all the sense in the world to grab him and put, keep him on the roster in hopes that you can turn it around.
2: Yeah. I think some people are saying in the chat that, that he's a free agent after this season um but I definitely see where you're coming from we need we need young we need cheap talent and it's at a position of need we need edge defenders like we talked about earlier so I I definitely am with you all right last question here from at Legion of Mutants and he says Lonnie's potential as a box safety I was watching someone of his film I put out some clips um just on this past Jaguars game and and we know that Lonnie he's been the single high safety right this this season that's Clearly, where they want him to be, and in my opinion, they're trying to kind of hide him there because, as a single high, like it's a very important part of the defense. But you're also just not targeted that much because teams aren't just going to be throwing a deep ball willy-nilly, right? So that's where they're trying to have him there, so he can make the transition to safety. Um, and there's less reads with the run game going on when you're in, in free safety, as in the box. Um, but what are your your thoughts on Lonnie? At either p- position of safety uh John.
1: I don't know at this point like I still think that he's talented but he's he's absolutely clueless out there and you can tell. Like he he's just they put he's been put in a bad spot. Um we talked about him at length already earlier in the podcast but pretty much just to summarize it um for any of y'all that are just joining is he's been done dirty by the coaching staff. Like this is a guy that practiced at corner he came in expecting to be a corner he was brought in to be a man corner and now you've got him playing single high safety where his responsibilities and where his eyes are are completely different it's not that this easy one-to-one transition and they put him in single high rely and asking him to rely on his athleticism to make up for what he does not know like I think a little bit of them hiding him there isn't because they're wanting him not to be targeted I think they're putting him out there because it's one of those places where his speed and his, his strength and his ability to tackle, he doesn't have to worry as much about not knowing what's going on. But you still see it. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know how to read a play yet. And, I mean, maybe he'll get there. Um, but he hasn't, I mean, he hasn't been prepared for it they just kind of dropped him out there and they're just hoping that his athleticism will take care of it. And that's being done dirty by the coaching staff.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I think watching him play, you can tell that he's kind of just watching the play happen and then reacting to it. There's no anticip there's no anticipation whatsoever. And it's hard to develop that. It's hard to have that as a cornerback coming out of college. It's definitely hard learning that from going from cornerback to safety. Like, like you said, they've been doing him absolutely dirty. They're having the potential of ruining his career. He's still a young guy. They still got to give him a shot, obviously. But it's not looking good early on. Um, and I like the move of moving him to box safety instead of single high. I think right now you're seeing that his pursuit angles as a single high safety. When he does get targeted, he's not. he does, He can't make the right angle on the tackle um, when you're that deep. And there's a lot more risk involved when he is back there because he's he's saving touchdowns or not. And we saw Justin Reed be so good in that role at saving touchdowns, at having the correct pursuit angle. And maybe we took it for granted because now we moved him back to into permanent in the box safety. And I think Rack even said it in his presser, like we like Justin Reed as a box safety. So I don't see them moving him anytime to box safety, but that's what I would do if I was the coach. All right, that's it for the questions. Thank you, guys. You can always get at me on Twitter. And um, if you're a Patreon member, you get priority in questions so check out that right.
0: jordan you are the man uh appreciate you uh, as always um what videos you got coming up
2: uh i just did a film breakdown for the jags game that's gonna be it for the videos i do i'll have an article i don't know what i'm gonna write about yet but oh. i'll have like an article this week
0: Good luck. Good luck finding something <laughs> right about. Um, yeah. <laughs> if it's not GM or head coach related, uh, just you know, put it in your put it in your trapper keeper. Uh, uh, all right, guys, make sure you guys go to manscape.com. Use promo code Texans. Uh, I have ball wipes for every single Texans unfiltered member. Uh, I'll be sending you guys some ball wipes, and for Patrick Storm, I got you the new and improved Weed Whacker 3.0. You guys go to manscaped.com, use promo code Texans. Uh, I saw that beautiful picture of Pat and his family that he posted today, and I figured they probably aren't going to have another one because he needs the Weed Whacker 3.0 before she ever wants to go down there. So I thought I'd help him out and make sure he was happy, make sure she got what she needed, and we could keep it moving. So uh, with that being said, I am James signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We will catch you guys next week.